Okay, what we're going to talk about tonight is the halachas of which way, fa- way a person faces when they davening. And this is the halacha which really begins in the Mishnah. And the Mishnah says that a person is meant to face towards Yerushalayim, or if he's in Chutzlaret, he should face towards Eretz Yisrael. If he's in Eretz Yisrael, he should face towards Yerushalayim. And if he's in Yerushalayim, he should face towards the Harabais. <coughs> Nimtza that we find that Kol Klai Yisrael are all directed towards the same place when they're davening. Really learns from a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Bashlai Ma'amelech, when he inaugurated the first place of Mikdash, and his tefillah was, V'yispalelo elecho derech artsom, derech ha'ir azoyis, and derech ha'bayis hazeh. That they're going to daven to you facing the land, which is Israel, the city, which is Shalayim, and derech ha'bayis hazeh, the base of Mikdash. And therefore, the way that a person is going to daven is facing the base of Mikdash, from whichever direction he is. So people south of Yerushalayim would face north, people north would face south, people in the east would face the west, people in the west would face the east. And the idea is that everyone faces towards Yerushalayim. The significance of that is, we know that the conduit for Tefillah and Tishamayim is through Yerushalayim, and therefore, by facing Yerushalayim figuratively, we're directing our Tefillahs on their way to Shemaim through the Makam of the Beis HaMikdash, or more accurately, through the Makam of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now, that's an easy, well-known halacha, it's a very straightforward halacha. And uh, even though we find in, throughout the writings of the Rishonim and the Achronim that always they davened towards the Mizrach, they davened towards the East, that wasn't intrinsically because there's an importance in East, but it was because since they were in Europe, and Europe is west of Eretz Yisrael, so the direction of Eretz Yisrael was towards the East. And in fact, like the Boskin point out, in most places it wasn't due East, unless they were in Spain, but in Northern Europe, it was really southeast. And if that's the case, the accurate way to daven would be to daven to the southeast, which means to face Yerushalayim, if you're in Northern Europe. If you're in other parts of the world, you know, Israel itself, for example, so then the angle which one would face towards Yerushalayim would be the location one is, and then which direction he would need to face in order to reach Yerushalayim. An interesting question came to me this week from a show in Seattle, Washington. And the question was which way they should be davening. Because even though Seattle, Washington is really on the far west coast of America, and if that's the case, really, they should be facing east. But uh, the shayel, the person asking the question, pointed out that the the quickest way to get there is Israel isn't to travel around, so to speak, the bulge of the world towards the east, but rather to travel north. And then by crossing the North Pole, one will get there is Israel much quicker. And if that's the case, he's wanted to say, maybe we should be facing the north. That's the shortest route to Eretz Yisrael. Which presents a very interesting question that the Faiskim and Nachrim didn't talk about. Because obviously, from where they were in Europe, the quickest way to Eretz Yisrael was facing the east. But if a person's so distant from Eretz Yisrael, that actually the quickest way to get to Eretz Yisrael would be to fly over the North Pole. And therefore, which way should they face when they're davening? Should they be facing Eretz Yisrael? on the east-to-west axis, or should they face the nearest direction to Israel, which may be facing north? A similar question could be asked people who are in the Pacific Islands. And now, they might be 180 degrees approximately away from Israel, and if that's the case, there are two ways to Israel. They could go east, they could go west. And in a case like that, the same question could be asked. Which way should they be facing? 
so it's not something which is addressed also in the Paskim. Again, not too many of the Rishonim Rachonim lived in Hawaii. But uh, what's the side of which way a person is meant to face in davening? Because when we talk about what's east, what's west, so we talk about Mimizrach Shemesh ve'ad Mavoye. Mimizrach Shemesh from the east of the sun, which means the east is where the sun rises, ve'ad Mavoye to the west is where the sun sets. And therefore, that's Mahul al-Shmi that's where we praise Hashem. And then, so we have to look if we were in the east or in the west. In other words, east of Eretz Yisrael, from where the sun rises, would face west towards Eretz Yisrael, and west of Eretz Yisrael, where the sun sets, would face east towards Eretz Yisrael. But we know the sun rises and sets everywhere. So where do we say the sun begins to rise? Where do we say the sun eventually sets? And the answer to that is, look, this is the same you say, where does the day begin? Where do we say the day starts and where do we say the day ends? So we know that there's a mechlokas really in the Rishonim, but it's become a, more of a mechlokas pronounced between the Acharonim, between the Chaznish and the Chachmei Shalim at the time. And that was, where does the date line halachically begin? Do we say it begins at the beginning of the landmass, which would be the east coast of Asia? That's the beginning of the day. And then when the landmass ends on the west coast of America, that's the end of the day. And therefore, even though on the extremes it might be equidistant to Israel, but if one's considered the same day as Israel, but a few hours ahead, then we'll face west towards Israel. If one considers the same day as Israel, but however many hours behind, one would face east towards Israel. And according to the shit that it's either 90 degrees or 100 degrees east of Yerushalayim is the date line, then that would become the cutoff point which way a person's meant to face when they daven. Now regarding the question of do we go the quick, quickest route, which might be north over the pole, or as opposed to around the side of the world, we don't find that was a factor. Can you read the idea isn't the quickest route that fitters will travel? but rather the position a person's in, which is towards Eretz Yisrael. And if that's the case, we don't consider uh, going above, so to speak, the North Pole and coming down the other side as being the direction of Eretz Yisrael. It's Kilo going a different direction and to come back towards Eretz Yisrael, even if technically that might be the quickest uh, route as the crow flies. Okay, so that's our first thing, which is brought in the Shulchan Aruch, and that is that one should face towards Yerushalayim. Now, the question would be, how accurate does that position have to be? Which means, in a case where one wants to build a shul and one has the ability to build a property in any direction he wants, and of course, if one would face accurately towards the Makam Amikdash, that would be ideal. But very often, uh, the, the situation is such that the shul has to work within the, you know, how the, how the city council plans the layout of the roads, or where the building is situated, and if that's the case, one might not be able to get the exactly accurate degree towards Yerushalayim Mikdash. And this isn't this wasn't just practical today. This is also practical in olden days, even though we're talking about in cities which are many thousands of kilometers away from Eretz Yisrael. But this is the same question, and that is, would there be a problem if the shul wasn't built in exactly the right angle? It was built, let's say, in Europe, it was built to the east. So Yerushalayim is to the east, but it's really to the southeast. So if they didn't build the shuls at an angle southeast, it was either built east or south. Could that also be considered Davin to Yerushalayim? That's where they built the shul. And in fact, even in our neighborhood here in Omerishkol, if you'll see, different shuls are built in different directions, but they're encouraged in different directions. The reason being that from here we're already, again, and we're already to the northwest of the old city, and therefore facing Yerushalayim is also facing southeast. 
unfortunately the layout of the, the, the streets is on a, not on a southeast axis, but on either south or east. And if that's the case, some shuls face east, some shuls face south, and either of them are, the posts are considered acceptable because it's in the, towards Yerushalayim. might not be accurately directed towards Yerushalayim, but it's towards Yerushalayim. But now the next question is, in a case like that, should the tzibur face forward towards Aaron Kodesh, or should they face at an angle to, towards the Makam HaMikdash? And if it's the whole tzibur asking the question, so the post can say that if the whole tzibur is asking the question, then the better aid is to face towards the Makam HaMikdash. However, if one's in a tzibur where everybody is davening forwards towards Aaron Kodesh, which let's say is due south, and he wants to daven at an angle, southeast towards the Makma Mekdash, that he shouldn't do, because the didn't tefillah, that it should look like everybody is mishtachah everybody is bowing down the same way, and if one person is angled in a different direction, so then it looks like he's, so to speak, worshipping different, differently to everybody else, which is wrong. And therefore it's better that a person davens together with everybody else uh, in the same direction, rather than does his own thing and davens in a different direction. In fact, the question was often asked in a place where the, the shul was built with the Arunakodesh, let's say, on one wall, which wasn't the most accurate direction towards Yerushalayim. So what's more important? Is it more important towards, to daven towards the Arunakodesh, or is it more important to daven towards Yerushalayim? Now, obviously, ideally, we would want the people daven towards Arunakodesh, which is towards Yerushalayim. But assuming that's not an option, Assuming, the, uh, let's say, the Arakodesh would be on the south and the person wants to daven to the east. So, which way should he daven? So, the post can say that if a person is davening towards Yerushalayim, um, but, and the Arakodesh will be on his side, that's okay, it's better to daven towards Yerushalayim. The only problem would be if the Arakodesh would be on the opposite wall. If that's the case, people would be davening with their backs to the Arakodesh. That looks like a person is not davening towards Hashem, Chas Shalom, that would be a problem. But if Aaron Kodesh is on a wall which is on the side, so that would be okay to daven facing Yerushalayim. Now, there's an interesting Trevor brought in the Beshlema, and that is what about a shul where the Aaron Kodesh had been built on the wrong wall, on the south wall, and they decided that they wanted to move it to the eastern wall. And the question they had was, that the din, as you know, when it comes to things used for a mitzvah, of Malim Bakodesh for Lamaridin, which means you can't downgrade some things Status, something is Kedusha. And if that's the case, the question was by moving the Kodesh to the other wall and replacing where it had been with just a regular wall, is that downgrading that wall that it had previously housed in Aaron Kodesh and now it's just a regular wall? And the Beishlemah's answer was that since they made a mistake of putting Aaron Kodesh on the wrong side of the so there isn't, so to speak, a claim that it was on the right that that wall had to having Aaron Kodesh on it and therefore it would be considered being a downgrade to move it somewhere else it didn't belong there in the first place and therefore something which wasn't meant to be used for a mitzvah doesn't get the status of a mitzvah object which can be downgraded um, if that wasn't originally what it was meant to be used for and therefore he said since this was the wrong wall so there's no problem in our encourage to the correct wall because it was a mistake okay that's as far as building the shul and the direction that the shul is meant to be built and the direction that the people of the shul are meant to face. Ideally, like we said, directly towards the direction of Yerushalayim, but uh, if not, then at least it should be in, in a direction which is one of the directions one would take to get Yerushalayim, and if the whole tzibur wants to dive it at an angle, that's okay. 
it's brought that uh, now in the mirror shiva, for example, the yeshiva is built facing east. There also, the makam of the old city is to the southeast, and therefore during Tefillah, everyone davens at an angle, because that way they fa- they're facing more towards the makam of the Mikdash. Now let's come to another point, and that is the Gemara learns from the fact that the in the Mishkan, the menorah was on the southern, southern wall of the Mishkan, and the Shulchan was on the northern wall of the Mishkan, and we know that the menorah was a symbol of Taradani, and the Shulchan was a symbol of wealth, of prosperity. So on that, the Gemara learns that if a person wants to become a Chacham, a Yachim, Yadrim, he should go south, because that's the direction the menorah was. And if a person wants to become wealthy, a Yashir, Yatsim, he should go north, because that's the direction the Shulchan was. Now what does it mean to go north or to go south? It doesn't mean to journey towards the north or to journey towards the south. The way the Mephoshim explained it is that when a person is davening, he should face that direction. And this presents us with a problem. Because how is a person meant to daven facing north or south, depending if they're trying to work on becoming wealthy or becoming a Chachomim, if they're meant to face Yerushalayim? So there's very interesting. There's the way that the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah both understood the Salacha, and then there's the way that all the Achronim understood differently. And the way that the Shulchan Aruch says it and the Ramah explains him understood the same way is that a person should face in Tefillah, he should stand towards the north or stand towards the south. And that way he's davening, let's say, north in order to get the mailer of becoming wealthy or to learn for wealth. And if he's facing south, it's in order to get the mailer of becoming a Chacham. But, but, on the other hand, the person meant to face Yishalayim. And therefore the Shulchan Aruch and Ramah say that a person should stand with his body facing either north or south and he should incline his head towards Yerushalayim. Now obviously that's only going to work if Yerushalayim is on the east or the west. Because then uh, uh, the way a person is standing, he can turn his head 90 degrees to face towards Yerushalayim. Whereas if a person, let's say, is on the north of Yerushalayim and he wants to face north because he wants to dive for wealth, he wouldn't be able to turn to face Yerushalayim at all. He's facing completely the wrong direction. Um, so that, that, that was, that's the way that the Shulchan Aruch and Ramah explain it. Again, both of them assuming that a person is on the east, and therefore if, if he's facing north or south, he can twist his head to face east. However, there's an obvious problem with this. I'm not sure what the Shulchan Aruch thought. In other words, if in one shul, what are you going to have? People diving in opposite directions. Some people wanting chachma, some people wanting wealth, and therefore they're going to be facing each other in davening or diving in opposite directions. You know, that's against Talach. We can't have a tzibur davening opposite ways. So I'm not sure how they did that. Maybe they had a tzibur for people who wanted to daven north and a tzibur for other people who wanted to daven south. We obviously don't find that in the post either. But either way around, the Achronim will say, and Mishabura concurs with us, and that is the better option is that people should face their feet towards Yerushalayim. So they're standing in the direction towards Yerushalayim, except if a person wants to uh, have the manner of turning north to Yerushalayim to, 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 to wealth or south to Yerushalayim to Chachma, so he should turn his head in that direction, not his whole body. So his body is facing Yerushalayim, and his head will either be turned north or south, depending which one he wants to ask for. Once again, that, if we've solved the first problem that way, because that way the whole tzibur will be facing the same way. Everyone will be standing with their legs and their bodies facing towards Yerushalayim, and the direction a person turns his head isn't going to be significant to show that the tzibur kilo looks like he's traveling in different directions. Again, this aids will only work if a person's traveling east or west because that way he can turn his head to the north or to the south. 
Whereas if a person is davening to the north, then he can't turn his head to the south. If a person is davening to the south, he can't turn his head to the north. But what we do find is that people davening in, northern, in a north direction, like people, for example, in Africa, they're davening towards the north, so then they have both matters. They're davening to Islam and they're davening facing north. So many people in the north who are davening facing south, so they have the mail of davening towards Islam and davening facing south. But in a case like that, it wouldn't be possible to do both. Either way around, this brought that in a case like Rosham Zalman brings, in a case where a person is facing east or west, and therefore he would be able to incline his head towards the north or the south for the mail of wealth or, or chachma, says Rosham Zalman, a person can do both. Which means he gets that and he's having for chachma, he can turn his head southwest, and when he gets to Barech Aleinu and he's having for wealth, he can turn his head to the north. They aren't exclusive. Okay, so that's as far as the dinner of which direction to daven. What's brought in the poskim also, uh, the din we said before, and that is that people should daven facing the base of Mikdash as long as they don't have their backs to the Aranakodesh. And therefore, what's brought down is what used to be uh, the way that they built the shuls, and it's still like in some shuls today, is that the seat of the Rav used to be next to the Aranakodesh. Which means everybody else sat in front of the Aranakodesh, but the Rav sat on the side of the Aranakodesh. And if that's the case, it's brought in the first scheme that, again, we're talking in Europe where they used to daven southeast. So that's the case if the shul was facing east and uh, everybody was davening at an angle, the Rav should seat should be on the right of the Aranakodesh. Because that way, if he's davening southeast, he's davening towards the Aranakodesh. Whether if he'd be davening southeast and his seat would be on the other side of the Aranakodesh, they'd really be facing away from the Aron Kodesh, which we said is a problem. A person could have inside the Aron Kodesh, but he can't have his back to the Aron Kodesh. Okay, so that was the din of how they set up the shuls. One last point which is brought down is, as we know, the Oved Kechovim, the Goyim at the time, they used to daven towards the sun. They used to worship the sun, they used to daven towards the sun, and therefore it's brought in the post scheme when shouldn't daven due east, which is towards the sunrise, because that looks like it may be Chas we're also worshipping the sun when we daven. Now, well, how do you avoid that? So the Mishaburah brings down that a person should have a slightly north or south of the sunrise because that way it doesn't look like he's facing directly the sun. Again, in Europe, the idea would be Dafka to daven to the south of that because anyway, the direction he wants to daven is southeast. The question obviously is, is that sunrise changes through the year. The sunrise in the summer and the winter are two completely different places. So what's considered davening towards the sunrise? So what the person can say is always is that the sunrise at the equinox, which is Nisan and Tishrei, when the sun is in its midpoint, that's called the sunrise, and a person shouldn't dive in directly towards the sun. This idea of not diving directly towards uh, something which might be construed as a Vedizara, with the same idea of Akedish Levana. Akedish Levana also it's brought that a person should look at the moon, you shouldn't dive in facing the moon, you should turn and dive in a different direction, so it doesn't look like we're worshipping the moon, rather like we're making a brach on the moon. Okay, so that's as far as Shemona Esrei goes. In the other parts of Tefillah, we don't find that a person is to dive in the rest of Tefillah facing Yerushalayim. And therefore, if a person seated in the shul is facing a different direction, and for Shema, for, for whatever it is, he could face differently. It's just for Shemona that a person is to turn to face to face Yerushalayim. And that's particularly important to know for those places where the seats in the shul aren't all in the same direction. So people could sit in different directions, but when it comes to Shemona they have to turn <coughs> so that when they dive in Shemona they're facing forward towards Yerushalayim. Now the question is, what about other times that a person bows during the davening? Does that also have to be facing Yerushalayim or not? 
So it's interesting. Rosh Hashanah brings when it comes to Moedim. So since Moedim is part of Shmona Esrei, then even the Tzibur is saying Moedim along with the Chazan, they should turn and bow towards the place or the direction of Daven Shmona Esrei, because it's like a Shachavaya of Tefillah, and therefore it should be towards the Beis Hamikdash. Whereas other times a person bows during davening, whether it's during Aleinu or it's during Baruch for example, we don't find that it's got the din of Shmona Esrei, and therefore we don't find that a person is to bow specifically towards the Beis Hamikdash. I want to add one interesting point to this, and that is the fear that Cheshman, that davening which is during Tefillah, has to be in the direction of Tefillah, and will come out that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and when we get to the Leinu and everyone bows on the floor, so that's also part of the Tefillah, and if that's the case, that people should bow towards Yerushalayim. Now in the Shul, which there's lots of space, and then people can bow in any direction they want, that's very easy to do. Whereas in places where it's very crowded, and uh, to try for everyone to get down on their knees, it takes some space, when the shul's already proud of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and then people like, kind of, as a puzzle, like use any available space in any possible angle. So one should be aware of this. That if that's the case. One should try and make sure to bow down. Also, not in any angle, but facing the direction that they face during the Shemun Esrei. Okay, so that's it then regarding a building, regarding uh, Twitter. If a person doesn't know which direction the Mokka the, Mikdash the, the is, it's night time, so you can't tell by the sun. Was in the building and he can't see which direction is which. So like the Maharaj says, in a case like that, Yechavin is Liboy, it's enough that he davens in his, in his heart, he intends um, having Kavana, but Fidesh will go towards Yerushalayim, even if he doesn't know which direction he's in. The question is, and this is also discussed in the Mishnah, and that is the person does know which direction he's in, but for every reason he's unable to turn around. And the Gemara's case is he's on a boat or he's on a donkey, and if that's the case, uh, he's traveling one way, can he turn a different way, well he can't really turn a different way uh, to Daven. And in a case like that, the halacha is that he's allowed to Daven, uh, in the tar- even facing the wrong direction, if he's unable to do anything about it, but he should have kavan in his heart towards Yerushalayim. Now obviously that's not the best option, not to be Davening right sitting down, and not to be Davening um, facing the wrong direction. Al-Kadekach, the Shulchan Aruch says, that if a person had to Daven sitting down, he was on a donkey, or he was on a boat, whatever the case may be, and he couldn't stand up, and he was diving sitting down. The Shulchan Aruch says that later on, when he gets to a place where he can stand, or he gets to the land again, he should dive in again to be yated to fill the to be yated to fill standing up. So he dive in the first time sitting down because you don't want to miss the time for diving, but the Shulchan Aruch holds to dive in the second time in order to be makayim the din of to fill The other post came, the Mishabur brings down, don't agree with that. Now the person is not mechuyev to daven a second time, but nevertheless, if a person is able to, as a tefillah sladav, as a voluntary tefillah, Mishabura also agrees that it's a meritorious thing to do. So we see that it's not a lechat option to daven sitting down, but if a person has no choice, he's on a flight, and he's not going to catch minchas, because uh, from when the plane took off to the plane landed, it's going to be the whole period that he could have daven mincha. And not, not every plane has the ability for people to stand and daven. There's some planes which are very small, which are very crowded, so the person can really bring down, and Moshe finds brings down the Vedashiv. In a case like that, a person is allowed to daven sitting down. I already spoke about that. If he could still take three steps forward, or at least like kind of rise to a position where his weight is balanced on his legs for the for the bowing at the beginning of the Moedim, that's better. But a person can daven sitting down, and the problem is all about the direction. So if a person is traveling towards Eretz Yisrael, then it's fine because he's, tra- he's already faced the right direction. If a person's leaving Eretz Yisrael, then he's facing the wrong direction. So yet that would be an example of where a person isn't able to 
to change the direction he is for davening. And if that's the case, he's allowed to daven, even though he's seated facing the wrong direction, he must have intention that in his heart towards Yerushalayim. Um, but if it's something which a person can choose his seat, that's as a train, which is seats facing both forward and backwards, and he knows he's going to have to double on the train, then of course, to choose a seat which he knows will be facing Yerushalayim is much better, because then he's, even if he can't stand, at least he's facing the right direction. Now, this din of traveling and doubling at the same time isn't like we said, a person's on a journey and he can't stop, he's on a boat or whatever the case may be, and he can't get off, and if that's the case, he's doubling where he is. But to plan the Chathchila, that a person wants to daven, in the case, which is while traveling, in the case he has to sit and face the wrong direction, that's for sure not appropriate. And therefore, I know there are a lot of people, especially women, that they think that they have to take a bus to work, they're going to daven on the bus. That's not a Chathchila option. Firstly, they have to sit. Secondly, the bus isn't necessarily facing the direction of Yerushalayim. And therefore, to choose Chathchila to daven on the bus isn't the, the best way, isn't the proper way to daven. And there's also Paskin that in a case like that, especially a short bus ride in a city, a person shouldn't daven Shmonesra on the bus. A person should daven Shmonesra when he can stand as a normal Shmonesra is meant to be. Um, in a in bat, when you're talking about a intercity bus, which is a few hours, and the person won't have a chance to daven anywhere else, then there's a the hatabidi habit of davening while traveling. Obviously, in something like a train where a person can stand up to daven, that's much better because then a person can daven. Facing that direction, standing up, which is the way one's meant to daven. I know you're in the train from Yishlaim to Tel Aviv in the morning, they actually are minyanim, special coaches which are dedicated as minyan coaches, but that's okay, because then people can face that direction, can daven with a minyan, can stand up, and therefore that would be a there with Now, an interesting question is, if a person is davening on the bus, and it's Mullah Shmona Esrei, and the bus gets to his stop, is he allowed to get off the bus, or does he have to remain davening or standing in Shmona Esrei, even though he's going to miss his stop? So, I saw Bordam Hashem Rufchaim Kanievsky, he says that a person is allowed to get off the bus, obviously without talking, and carry on Shmonesrei on the sidewalk outside. And as far as it was, that the Gemara says that the reason the person's allowed to daven while traveling, he doesn't have to get off his donkey and stand, is because he's tired. In other words, if he's going to, the, the fact that he's on the side of the road and he's going to, he's worried he's might be dangerous or he might miss whatever place he has to get to, would interfere with his tefillah more than being able to concentrate while riding the donkey, it's better he should be able to concentrate. And therefore, some of far, yeah, if a person's tired, I'm going to miss my stop. And therefore, I'm going to get stuck, or who knows, going to who knows where. So then it's better that he should get off the bus and continue diving there, rather than he has a tirda, which will interrupt his, another, which will interrupt his ability to concentrate on his diving. But once again, that just shows how it's not the chathila. One shouldn't put himself in a place where he won't be able to dive in properly. One last question, we'll finish with that. They asked Shlomo Zalman if a din that a person is allowed to drive, in the case where he definitely has no option, he's going to miss his man for davening otherwise. But if it applies also to driving in a car, it applies to the driver. Is the driver allowed to daven while driving? And if Shlomo Zalman said absolutely not, that's a kind of nefashas, the person who is driving is meant to be focusing on driving, not on his filler. And if either he's not thinking about davening or he's not thinking about his driving, either of them is not a good option. They asked him that the mission says that a person can daven riding on the donkey. And Shlomo uh, Zalman's answer was that basically donkeys work on autopilot. Which means uh, one can ride the donkey, let the donkey walk, and he can, he can uh, daven. He doesn't have to you know, look where the donkey's going, the donkey can walk itself. Whereas a person who's driving, the cars don't drive themselves, and that's the case. He has to be focused on 
driving. And therefore, you can't daven Shemesh while driving. If he has no other option, if you either you'd be an honest, and in that case, you have to daven in order to later, or if there's a place where you can stop the car, and daven that would be Mutter as well. Now, this is Dafka about Shemona Esra, because Shemona Esra, number one, needs Tavana, and number two, is long. But when it would come to other things, then there's a shadow. Can the person make a bracha while driving? For example, he's driving, he's standard, or he's driving, he wants to drink a cup of, a cup of water. Whatever the case is, the person makes brachas while driving. So that's something which is considered much shorter and doesn't need have the same din of kavana. We don't find it's an issue to make a bracha while driving, but uh, something like Shmona Esrei, that would be awesome. And that would be, for example, also Tfilis it's a bracha, and therefore, technically, a person would be allowed to say Tfilis even when he's driving. That would be for the driver. For the passengers in the car, so they would be, if they have a B'Sha'as like in the case of a donkey, he would be allowed to, he would be allowed to drive while sitting down. Now, they ask the question, would they be able to be moitzi, the driver, if they're davening aloud and the driver's listening? Here, Rosh Hashanah didn't talk about it, but I would imagine it's the same issue. And since the person has to have for what's being said, and he's meant to have focus on the road, so there'd be a problem. And that's okay. So the passengers might be able to be able to fill it, but the driver himself would, would not be able to be able to fill it while he's driving.